This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Em. Hi, Jen. How are you, babe? (laughs) You know what? What? Pretty good, actually. I just said I was telling you how productive I've been this morning. Like we were talking about how much you can do in an amount of time if you have deadlines. Yeah, if I only have three hours to do something, it is amazing what I can do. And then most of the time, I have like you know, in our job, we don't have like a ton of deadlines, right? It's like okay, here are the things we have to get done this week, and then I don't get anything done. (laughs) Nothing. What's wrong with us? I mean, I'll do it. I think that's humans. Last minute, you know. Yeah. I Me think too. it is. It's very always, human. But how good does it feel when you get so much done? It's amazing. Like, do you yes. feel like the most productive person in the I world? I feel like the most powerful lady in the whole world. Wow. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and wait. hydrated, too. And I, I, I've been... Can you hear that? <laughs> yes. Just my dog really wants to try, make a little spot Trying to there. get out? Is it, oh. If you watch us on YouTube, Man. you can see Big Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> would like to have a little home for himself. Okay. I don't know. I ha- I don't know how to cr- put this in. Speaking of my love of animals. <laughs> no. I don't think I don't think it works like that. Okay, okay. So let's just let's just go into it. Like one of the things we always talk about, okay, things intergenerational trauma and how to break patterns in your family, how to change things um, so that you're not passing it down, how to make changes in your own life to better your own, uh, you know, your own circumstances. But one of the things that I don't think that we give enough credit to is the, the really great things that are passed down in our families. And, you know, it just puts a nice reframe on, on certain things. Yeah, because we got this question. Right. So we, we'll do Dear Em and Jen first because we got a really good Dear Em and Jen, which is Dear Em and Jen, I feel like I focus a lot on what I don't want to bring from my childhood into my family. How do I shift the focus on what I do want to bring? All the good things. Thank you. And I love that reframe. Me too. We asked listeners. We, I mean, we asked everyone. So what are the good things from yours? And here are some really good answers. First of all, my favorite one, which is a full head of hair and a butt that don't quit. I respect that a lot. I also feel that I got a full head of hair and a butt that won't quit. Um, <laughs> the, the drive to persevere, creativity, thoughtfulness, empathy, unconditional love, work ethic, humor, saying I love you, love for animals, showing affection, <laughs> open-minded. I mean, so I, my mom loves fiercely and I see myself doing it too. My parents always invite people over for dinner, met so many different types of people, speaking through disagreements rather than yelling. I mean, so many beautiful things people had to say about their families. And I think in this question, they're saying, how do I shift the focus on what I do want to bring? And that thing that I want to say, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. It can be both, right? What are the things that I do want to bring? And then what are the things that I want to leave behind? And what matters is that it's a choice as opposed to a reaction, as opposed to something that's unconscious for you. And that is really the goal here. And the thing, you know, 
to be able to focus on like, here's some really good things in my family that I do want to bring with me allows you to actually make that choice to be able to bring that into your family dynamic or into your relationships, into your job. To make that piece of it more conscious too is just as important as making the other things conscious so that you can make a choice. So you're talking about making it conscious, right? You're talking about making a choice. What would you say? How does one do that, right? For so many of us, it just feels like an automatic reaction. How how would you, what's some take-home things people could do? Something that I think is really important is that when you're with family or um, when you're reflecting on your family, think about the things that really uh, made you feel connected to them. What are the times in which you felt maybe safe? Think about your childhood growing up and what was really important to you. I think that it's also makes it easier to think about in your friendships and romantic relationships, what are the things that are important to you? What makes you feel connected to other people? It can be a good indicator of the ways in which you maybe felt connected to your family growing up. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Yes. Humor was something that was really utilized in my family dynamic, ways in which I felt connected to my family as we laughed a lot, we made jokes. And that is a way that I feel really connected in my friendships and in my romantic relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to think about, like, what are the ways in which I felt safe or connected to my family growing up? And is that something that I value now in my current relationship? Sometimes it's just happening so automatically that we don't even realize that it's happening. And so to make that conscious can also allow you to make choices in your relationships, who you want to be friends with, who you want to be close to, and also to create an environment or experiences where that connection is supported more. Yeah. So, okay. So you got humor from your family. What else did you get? I want to hear yours. Okay. Humor. I think the one thing that I was thinking about, because I know I talk about this a lot, is, you know, I was always told I was too sensitive. There was a lot of, you know, internal processing that I did because of that. I think I've often talked about the ways in which that maybe affects affected me by not being able to talk about my feelings. But one thing I think that it did that really did help me is I really learned how how to be by myself. Mm. I really learned how to process things internally. I really learned to become really comfortable on my own and being independent. So it's the same situation, but I can also look at the the really great things that that gave me. And right now, you know, the way in which I, you know, come back to myself is to be by myself. Mm. And the thing that I really take out of that is that I have complete control over that. You know, I get to make that decision. And when I am by myself, it really allows me to recenter. And I think that that's something I did get from growing up when, you know, I was told go to your room or like process, you know, like go upstairs and and I kind of learned to handle things on my own. So I think that that, you know, you can look at both sides of the coin. Yeah. What about you? Okay. So I think my dad is a fucking badass business guy. And I think I have a lot of perseverance and drive like that like you know 
the importance of running a business, how to treat other people in that business. I think I really got a lot of that from my father. <laughs> yeah, I think also sometimes I'm really good at not engaging in something. My dad sort of like, if there was like some family issue, my dad's like, not touching that with a fucking 10 foot pole. And that, that was something that I sometimes would get resentful for that I was like, oh, you were like this really disengaged person. And then I've also now that I'm older, I'm like, sometimes that is an important skill to have. Yeah. for my dad and then for my mom i think that i mean my mom is um i mean my mom's an amazing therapist i'm very lucky that i mean if you've listened to it before i didn't go to school to be a therapist went to school to be a teacher and i thought i went to be a teacher my whole life and i do think that i teach in a lot of ways i actually believe that i am a teacher but my mom is a therapist and my mom had a private practice and that was something i was resentful towards when I was younger because I felt like she wasn't home a lot. But now I can see the beautiful work she did for many, many people. And so I believe that I'm a very good therapist um, also because of her. My mom is also really good at, she's really good at saying, I'm sorry. That is something that not a lot of people can say about their parents. Yes, my mom is is, My mom is great at saying, I'm sorry. If I tell her somebody she did hurt me or there was something Here's an example. Okay, I um I hosted Easter at my house and I honestly I used to love hosting shit and now I fucking hate it because I have a kid, you can't keep the house clean. We cleaned the house the day before and it was fucking shit show by the morning. And so hosting I used to love and now I'm like this shit sucks. Um and so I was feeling really overwhelmed. My mom got there and I was like this is just really hard to do with a kid. And my mom said, "Yeah, imagine doing it with two. And I looked at her and I said, that is a really shitty thing to say to someone who struggles with infertility and then has had multiple miscarriages. And uh, she like looks at me and she was like, I did not mean that. And she was like, that's not what I was saying at all. And like, she, uh, I'm sorry that happened. Right. So she's like really good at like immediately being like, okay, like, I'm sorry. And thank you for telling me. And I think that that is a skill that I'm really good at, of like apologizing. If I Absolutely. need to. And, you know, I'm human, so I need to. <laughs> we all do. Yes, we all do. Right. And so that's like a great skill to have. And the other thing my mom is really amazing at is she's very good at here's what's going on. I need a plan. So when I'm in crisis, I in some type of crisis, I feel very, very powerless. And my mom was like, here's like a here's three things we can do right now. And that is really helpful to me. For some people, that feels invalidating or it feels like they're not getting space or empathy. That's not it for me. I make a ton of fucking space for myself. I actually don't need anyone else to make it for me. But a lot of times I'm feeling so stuck and powerless. I need a plan. And my mom is really, really good at those. And so those are things I, you know what I mean? Like even with my daughter now, I'll be like, okay, you're feeling this. We can cry about it. And here's some other things that we can do as well. And giving her the option of either of those two things is really helpful. And I'm really good at saying I'm sorry to my kid. And I have to apologize all the time because I'm human. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not 
have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince, from their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50, to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman, passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops, and let me tell you, it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 300 and 65 day returns quince.com slash shrink chicks i think that 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 saying i'm sorry piece is so incredible and so important and you know how your parents parents just in general they're always like oh when you get older yeah you'll understand <laughs> maybe they're right i do so I think it's say I mean, it's, I think it's this hard thing. And my mom talks about it a lot. My parents are both 76. My mom had me older. And so it is an interesting thing that my mom sort of, I remember my mom saying to me at one point, she was just like, you just don't realize that like when you're, I think this was in my 20s and I was complaining about how I looked or something, right? Like I was having some bad body issues. My mom was just like, oh, you have health. You have a 20 year old body. You know, like you just like all these things you're feeling, like it, it gets so much harder. Yeah. And at the time I felt like resentful. And now I'm like, now, now I'm in my 30s and I'm like, ah, my back hurts. Um, <laughs> she my was knees right. hurt. <laughs> and so I think there is this thing that like when you're younger, you really do think you know everything. There's a really good saying, right? That's like, um, you graduate high school thinking you know everything and then you graduate college realizing you know nothing. And then I would probably say you go into your 30s and 40s and you realize you definitely fucking don't know anything. But you feel wiser and you feel more um, grounded in it. And the thing, the thing that I think that makes me realize is that I'm going to keep understanding more as I get older. I think maybe the kind of struggle when you're in your 20s or even as a teenager is that you 
you want to want so badly to be an adult and to be looked at as an adult. It's really important to you. And so you kind of create this fallacy in your head of like, I know everything, right? Like I, I understand this. Uh, yeah. You don't want to believe. I th- and I think it feels safe to, to tell yourself that, oh, you've experienced everything and this, and you're going to be able to tackle everything. And the thing is you can, but there is so much you still don't understand. And as you get older, you realize that. And yeah. I think that that's one thing that I've accepted too, is that I know that there are things that I don't know. And I know that I'm going to continue to learn as I get older. I will say, I remember reading this article once. It was talking about uh, mothers to uh, new mothers. And it was talking about someone said, you know, people said no one's going to tell you how hard this is. And the article was saying, like, actually, everyone does. Literally, everyone's saying the same thing. Breastfeeding is fucking hard. I can sleep is hard. All this shit is hard as fuck. The thing is, we don't listen until it's us. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Until my body started to hurt, I didn't listen to my mom. Until I became a mother, I didn't listen. You know what I mean? That all of a sudden you're like, oh, everyone is talking about this. <laughs> But I wasn't listening before because I was like, I have to go see Avicii perform. And that was very important to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is what was significant to me in my 20s right. in Amsterdam. Right. Right. I was like, Avicii is performing in Uteric Amsterdam and I have to go take <laughs> drugs and be there. And that was the most important thing for me at the time, right? Like, And so the thing is, like, sometimes you aren't listening. And it's an interesting thing about like, what if we like tried to hear some shit our parents said or our grandparents, right? Like there was after my grandmother passed, we found all of these um, letters that she had. She, she kept like every letter she had written my grandfather when he um, was in the army. They were sexy. I mean, they were I was like, damn, like they were really. And these people were all people too, right? Like they were kids once and they were horny 20 year olds and they were, you know, 30 year olds struggling and they were 40 year olds processing uh, midlife, right? Like all this stuff that like we're experiencing too. And a lot of times we're not asking. And I think that that is an important thing is do we listen to other people's stories, especially people that are older than us that have had experience I think sometimes we are so quick to be like, no one else can understand this. No one else's experiences like me. And it's like simply not true. Just mathematically, it's not true. <laughs> mathematically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, well, I think I think, too, you know, we go through a process of differentiating from our parents. And in that process, there is a lot of pushback of like, oh, I want to be my own person and I want to be an individual separate from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that you get through that phase, you become your own person. You become an individual separate from your parents. But the process that has to change in that is that you start listening to them and you start trying to understand them in a different way. And I think that you get so used to, as you're kind of in this individuation period of your life, you get so used to distancing yourself from the things that they're saying, that that's, that is part of the process. That's just a phase of life. And so to be able to also transition from that place to, okay, I've created this own identity for myself. I, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. And now I can really listen to what they're saying and see if it fits for me or not. And maybe it does and maybe it doesn't. But before it was just too goddamn triggering. Yes. Right? Like before, like there was certain stuff my mom would say to me that I was just like, shut up. 
right? And like now I'm like, okay, she's like saying some stuff. And even if I don't fully agree with it, right? Like it's a different conversation. But I do. I think that that, I mean, what we're talking about really is like the sense of differentiation. Yes. And also, I we um went to see um Nedra, um, yeah. who is there the Instagram famous therapist about yes. boundaries. And she said this really funny thing at the beginning, right? She was talking about like um social media culture of um buzzwords and she was talking about the term of toxic and she was like nobody's toxic to everyone right she was like you even see news reports some guys like holding three girls hostage in the basement and the neighbor next door is like that's crazy i like that guy was super nice to me he was so nice (laughs) so he wasn't toxic to that one dude (laughs) and so (laughs) like nobody is all bad or all good and and i've talked with so many clients about this before especially when they lose a parent let's say they had a really really rough relationship with this person and then someone else let's say it was a student or a neighbor comes in it's like oh your mom was just the best she made you feel heard and there's so many people that are like what the fuck I didn't feel that from my mom. I didn't feel heard by them. And that's such a difficult, complex thing to process through. Sometimes our parents were different people to different people. And it's, I think, the most painful when that it's such a significant relationship in your life. And I think sometimes it's easier to believe that, okay, they were like this towards me. They must be like this towards everyone. And to be, and to hear that they weren't can be really, really painful. And so, you know, it's it's just, it's such an interesting thing to think about in the midst of what we talk about, because we talk a lot about, you know, how do you create boundaries with your family? How do you not take on the things that you don't want to take on from your childhood? How do you work through that? Um, and so, to be able to look at too, like what did, what did this give to me? And sometimes even the things that the pain points in your relationship with your family also can give something to you, you know. And and so it it doesn't negate the fact that it's a pain point. And I think once again, this goes back to this idea of it has to be one or the other. But I think that something you can have something difficult in your relationship, and it also can give something to you. Like, for example, my husband's dad was very strict, really hard on them, which, of course, caused, you know, some trouble in their relationships. But one thing it did give to every single one of them is they are such hard workers. Every single one of them. Really, really hard workers. And so I think that that's it's just something to think about. And it it's I I always want to stay away from the idea, the like toxic positivity idea. Well, like silver lining of everything, you know, like you get something great out of everything you go through. Like, no, that can still be painful. It can still be painful and you can still get something out of it, too. I was, it's funny. I'm thinking about my grandmother and my grandmother was so good at feel, making people feel welcome. So like my Mimi was like so good about being like hosting and doing all that stuff. And I like totally have that too because I loved that about her. There was a lot of shit I didn't love about her. Yeah. The casual racism of being born in the 1920s, right? Like there was a lot of shit that I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, (laughs) but there was like this small, beautiful things of making people feel loved and welcomed, including other people, um, talking to absolutely anyone. And I loved that part. 
And so it is this really complex thing to say, and it's this is the nuance of it. And this is why we believe in long form content like a podcast over Instagram post, because this is it's just an ongoing conversation to have of like the complete duality and complexity of humans. Yes. Yeah. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. I'm trying to think because you you also mentioned, it's interesting and we've talked about this before, both Emily's dad and my dad own their own business. 
And yeah. so, you know, we've talked a lot about our work ethic and like why we pour ourselves into work and how it's just a value that both of us have. And you had mentioned in in the past, like feeling resentful for it because he, your dad might have been disengaged and like, say, my dad was working a ton. And there, you know, of course, was a piece of that where you're like, okay, well, you know, where are you in our childhood? But you, you can also model that too, right? Like yeah. how you see also the benefit of that, yeah. them working so hard and it being, and that's and also working for themselves. Yes. And working for themselves. Yeah. That's also something that my brother has taken on too. Like mm-hmm. I, you see it modeled in the both of us. You know, what's so interesting is my husband's, both of his parents worked the same company, not necessarily the same job, but this, worked for the same company, doing pretty much very similar work from like 18 of retirement. Wow. Didn't switch jobs. Talk about fucking loyalty to a company. You don't get that anymore. Um, <laughs> we're all quiet quitting and doing other things. Um, but so then when my husband decided just didn't, to leave a job just because it simply didn't work for him, they were like, what the fuck? Where my parents were like, brought him flowers and champagne and were like, quit your job. Because like, it was just different, right? Like in his family, it was like, okay, you have a stable job. His town had less opportunities. Like, it's just like this whole complex thing of like, okay, if you have a job and it pays you, you keep the job and you, that's it. It doesn't really matter if it makes you happy. It doesn't really matter if it feels fair to you. It doesn't really matter, all that stuff. Because that just was like some stupid shit you didn't think about where my family was very much like if something isn't working we're to go create your own oh my mom doesn't like the school she's working for create a private practice my dad doesn't work the bank he's working for create a bank consulting firm right like and so it was just different values and i think when we first got together like my husband saw that is so frivolous of me yeah he i think he did like i I mean i wish he was here right now to ask him but I think he thought was sort of like, I can't believe this girl is so young starting a business. But I watched two people do it. And that was the privilege of it also being modeled to me. Yeah. Yeah. It felt and possible. now he's at a much better job that he's happy with, with may with may more freedom. <laughs> and it worked, right? You know what it also makes me think about love languages too. What's your love language? We've talked about this for, I don't know. I, it's very much acts of service, yeah. even though I tell myself that it's quality time. <laughs> I like to lie to myself often. Is there a reason why you like to pretend it's quality time? Oh, because I feel like that's the most beautiful. I feel like that is like the one that I should want because that's like the nice one. But I'm really? more like, yeah, I'm more like, oh, do the dishes for me. I think that makes a lot of sense. Also, like, what's yours? I th- <laughs> I think words of affirmation. Oh, yeah. You do love words of affirmation. That makes sense. They really really keep me going. Not mine. I'm like, don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) That one makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) But but so my question was going to be like, how did you receive is did you get that from your family? Like was acts of service the way that you showed each other that you cared about each other? When my dad wasn't traveling. And it was cold out every day. He would go out and start my car for me. So it was warm before I drove to school. That's so nice. Isn't that so nice? It's so nice. Right? And so, yes. Yes. And my mom, who my mom has done like, you know, multiple masters and is very like, my mom's like very much an academic, which I am not, probably because of the learning disabilities and the ADHD. 
Um, but my mom is super academic. So like my mom, when I would have like a big papers are very overwhelming to me. I'm such a great writer, but not an academic writer. And so that would be a very overwhelming experience. And my mom helped edit almost all of my papers in grad school. Wow. Mm-hmm. So very much acts of service. That is really much, really how they should love. That is really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get words of affirmation from your parents? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, like well, I? maybe not. <laughs> I think I, no, I think I did. I think I did. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think that's the way that they express how they care now is that they they do the same thing, that there's um, these words of words of affirmation of you're doing really well, you know, proud of you. So, yeah, absolutely. But it's just that's that is a perfect example of you know, how important it is to understand the things that we take from our family, the connection, the ways that we feel connected in our family and to make them conscious because making them conscious allows you to communicate them, right? That's why anyone talks about your love language to begin with is that you tend to approach your relationships with your own love language and to understand what your partner's love language is or what your friend's love language is. Yeah. Right? Like now I know, Em, that I can do acts of service for you and you're going to know that I love you. You do. I feel like you do do acts of service. That's why you run payroll. It's just, it's all, exactly. It's just embedded into, it's already embedded. That's why you know I love you. Because <laughs> it is embedded run, into what we're not, doing. It's not your own control issues. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's that I want you to know I love you. And when you call me, it. when you call me a beautiful angel starfish, no, I feel I amazing. <laughs> I I give a lot of words. You know what's really funny is right is like I actually give a ton of words of affirmation. I just simply don't really care about getting them back. I mean, I think that's but why I we do work. Them, but I do them a lot. It's interesting. You know, why do I do that all the time? I didn't really make the connection until now. But I really don't care. You know what I mean? When somebody comments me like, eh. right, like you're <laughs> tell not, myself that every not, day. It's not like you're. <laughs> I already well, told myself that three times this morning. I'm well, so maybe, proud of you, Emily. <laughs> maybe that is why you're not needing it because you already feel connected to it. Like you already are giving it to yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the more conscious you can make this, the ways in which you feel. You what, know what acts of service you always give for me is you're always, but, you always record the ads. Like by the time I even get to like recording the ads, you're like, I just did it. It's fine. Probably because you have that nice voice and everyone would rather hear you read the ads anyway than me. But that is such a beautiful way you show love. And I don't think you do it on purpose. I think you're more like, whatever, I already have the mic out. I'll just record them all. I also think about, I, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think in my head, you have a child and I don't. <laughs> I sent Jen my list of shit that I had to do today because I was like, oh, I have to like move this around, this around. And so I sent Jen like my full to-do list and she was like, oh my God. <laughs> but also right now my husband's traveling, so it's just me. Exactly. So, and yeah. so like I I think to myself, always conscious of like what you're dealing with. And so I'm like, this is not a big, you know, if you asked me to give a presentation instead of you to like a bunch of people, I'd be you like, no fucking way. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but you just reading like the ads off in the mic is not right. That's easy. easy, easy for me to take over. And I think that that's a really conscious thing to do, right? To sit here and be like, I can see what someone else is experiencing in this world. Um, and I think that also, and, but that's also like a larger thing of like how hard it is 
for people to ask for help. It's very hard for me to ask for help. And you are someone who is really good at being like, you know what, like putting to- putting together putting the clues together, putting the dots together. <laughs> context putting... clues? Reading context clues. Emotional. Reading emotional context things. clues. Um, <laughs> I made that up. You can take it. Anyone who's listening, feel free to take that. <laughs> Coined it. taking that. <laughs> you don't also, think it was like wait, so beautiful? Uh, yeah. Also, when I found out how much it takes to act, but you have to actually pay to trademark something, I'm like, everything belongs to everyone. Take it. Just take it. <laughs> it's yours now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's something unique is it's really hard for most of us. All of us are like swept up on our own shit. That's human, yeah. right? But you know the other person who's really fucking good at this is my gym trainer. <laughs> that is, she is so good at clocking. I've never met somebody who knows everyone's name the way she does. I, I, I She knows every person's name and we'll have like 30 people in a class and she will know every single person's name and she will like clock you. Like she like today, like a workout, she was like, Emily, like, I know that you can do the 30 pounds over the head compared to the 20 pounds. She's like calls me out of me. And I watch her do it to everyone else, too. That is a very special personality. Yes. Right. Well, it, it requires you to be really attuned with another person. Yes. And I think the more time you spend with someone, the more you can attune to their needs. I think that the more attuned you are to your own needs, too, and the more you are giving to yourself, the more you're going to be able to attune to other people's needs. I know it's way harder for me to attune to other people's needs when I am feeling depleted. And so I think attunement is is a really important skill to have. That is another example. So like attunement can develop from a level of you know, trauma in your relationships, right? Like where if you had an unpredictable parent where you had to attune to what was going on emotionally in your household, it might give you an extra ability to attune to other people around you. The skill that probably needs to be developed is how do you attune to yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Because that attunement developed out of self-protection. And so that is a perfect example of like, this might have been something, right? Attunement, it may be developed out of maybe a chaotic, unpredictable childhood, but it's also something that can be really beneficial and helpful in your relationships as long as you're also attuning to yourself at the same time. Yeah. I don't know how we got from all of this to well, well, <laughs> I'll t- well, that's, I'll take a full Love circle, it, baby. In that, in that, like that's a perfect example of like we always talk about the the ways in which our childhood has affected us, maybe negatively, or the things that we have to grow from or work through, and that is an example of like there's there's another side to the coin where both things can exist. Oh yeah, Your I told attunement. You- Go ahead. Go ahead. One time my therapist said to me, I don't know why you keep talking about being a people pleaser. Like it's the worst thing in the world. It clearly worked out pretty fucking well for you. Exactly. That is another example, right? Where there's certain levels of people pleasing where you are not, you are not giving to yourself. You're just giving to other people. That's where it depletes you. But you also have an ability to attune to other people and recognize what their needs are. Mm Mm-hmm. And give to them to to have a very mutually beneficial relationship as long as you can set boundaries too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that in and of itself 
is another example of how there are two sides to every coin. So I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, if there are things, ways in which you've been affected by your childhood or growing up, is there another side to the coin? There doesn't have to be, right? I'm not saying look at the bright side of everything. There doesn't have to be a bright side, but I would just encourage, is there, are there, are there ways in which you grew up that maybe helped you socially, emotionally, relationally, career-wise, just to think about that, allow yourself some time to process it, and then you get to make a decision. What are the things I want to hold on to? And then what are the things that I want to release? Yeah. Well, thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> thanks, Mom and Dad. Thanks. Thanks, folks. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> Just for listening. Um, hey, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Send it on over to a friend if you do. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can watch us on YouTube, follow us at the therapy group or at Trick Chicks on Instagram. We are now in so many freaking states it will waste my time to say them all and waste your time too, for sure. It'd be better for you to just email us and we will try to get you in in whatever state you're in, or at least we will hopefully give you a great other recommendation in your area. Um, we're all over the place now. Um, still have openings in California as well, which is amazing. I know we had a wait list for a really long time. Now Cali's back opened. Um, we have some very few spaces um, left in Rittenhouse, uh, Philadelphia, and a little bit in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Um, but we hope that uh, you had a great episode. We hope you enjoyed this. And don't ever forget that to uh, grow yourself. You got to know yourself. We'll see you next week at Shrink Chicks. <laughs>